let's let's put people with the most lines most toward the center. And uh, who do you feel like most you're seeing here? It's about yeah, it's a little bit half and half. It's about sort of half family and half. Mother, father. So let's put you there. Put put Dustin in. Uh, well, Klein's on Klein's on the plane. So I just think it gets between you and the audience for no particular reason. Uh, I think as you know, as simple as possible, and when you're not uh, when you're not reading, kind of watch the people who are reading and pretend that you're enjoying what they're doing, and uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> but this, the trap in this play is to you know make it really large and uh, absurd, and I think we just want to make it as clear as we possibly can. So shall we begin? Does anybody have any questions, or just feel free to stop? Does everybody have a script? Yeah. Just if there's anything like pronunciation-wise, just 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 interrupt. Just don't yeah, look to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But should we stop? Because there's so many. When I was reading so much stuff, I didn't understand. Okay. Yes, we definitely. Can, that's what. Yeah. We Well, don't read anything that's kind of emotion. Yeah, obviously. And read yeah. everything that's action. Okay. And there's, uh, is it, you know, is it clear that he's playing chess by himself yeah. in the beginning? Yeah. Or it okay. says playing 
a solitary game of chess, I think he should change that to playing chess by himself or playing both sides of a chess game. Playing chess both sides of a chess game by himself. Is someone going to be reading for Mr. I will. No, I'll sit here and I'll scream right. out his... Is there anyone out of prison? Is the pronunciation Calabis or how do we pronounce that? Calabis. Do you say Calabis or Calabis? Okay. We can do uh, Calabus in the first act and Calabus in the second act. <laughs> no, no, because after all, <laughs> maybe in yeah, mid-sentence, yeah. yes. Okay. So what I'd like to do is start with Chris saying the characters of the play, and he'll read out Hugo Pludak and just hold up your little hand and say Hugo Pludak. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So, the garden party. Characters are Hugo Pludek. And, and so, Hugo, hold up here, just go. Yep. Pludek, his father. Mrs. Pludek, his mother. Peter Pludek, his brother. Amanda. Maxie Falk. The clerk at the liquidation office. Secretary at the liquidation office. And director of the inauguration service. Act one, scene one, the flat of the Pludek family. Present are Pludek, Mrs. Pludek, Peter, and Hugo. Hugo is playing both sides of a chess game by himself. He makes a move, goes around to the other side of the board, deliberates times. Dustin, do you know you're reading Maxie Paul? Who's that? Did you know? Did I thought you? it was director. No, it's Paul. Paul. Oh, okay. Is that going to be a problem? I was going to do badly in either. Okay. <laughs> so why did I raise my hand with the director? Who's the director? I don't know. Did we both raise it? Sure. <laughs> but you could alternate and we could just like cut Maxi Falk. Who's Maxi Falk? He's the guy you're not, oh no, he's the guy you're doing. Okay. <laughs> That's helpful. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll discover this. Okay. All right, I'm ready for Maxi Falk. <laughs> Unless you'd rather have no, I'm good, thanks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I right. tell you what De Niro did the first time I met him? No. Before the beginning? You look at the script and he well. Bullshit, 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 my part. Bullshit, 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 my part. That's how he reads the script. And it's worked. Yes. It worked so, out very well. That's an admission. That's right. <laughs> All right. Act one, scene one. Uh, right, act one, scene one. Flat of the Pludek family. President of Pludek, Mrs. Pludek, Peter, and Hugo. Hugo is playing both sides of the chess game by himself. He makes a move, goes around to the other side of the board, deliberates, makes another move, etc. Pludek. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Your son. Should I? What time is it? Twelve. Already? You must. Dear son. You gonna read that? Uh, makes his move. Check. Changes side. 
That's important. Still at it? Yes, Dad. And how goes it? Badly, Dad, badly. But Peter, what about going to the cellar for a while? Do you mind? Peter, exit. Calabas will be here any moment. Heaven forbid that he should meet Peter. Everybody says Peter looks like a bourgeois intellectual. Why should you get into trouble because of him? All right, so you guys, you, you, you know what that all means. Havel's family was considered bourgeois, uh, legally bourgeois, so everything, virtually everything they owned was seized by the government. So it's a huge, it's a huge deal. Quite right, Bertha, I'm the grandson of a poor farmhand, damn it, one of six children, I have five proletarian great uncles. Peter is the black sheep of the family. The blackguard. Dear son, the middle classes are the backbone of the nation, and why? Not even a hag carries hemp seed to the attic alone. Jarosh wished to be a goldsmith, and he became one. Soon you'll be finishing school. Have you asked yourself? No, Dad. Did you hear that, Bertha? Never mind, Albert. Did somebody ring? No. But listen, Bertie. Hugo makes his move and changes sides. Well, how goes it? Changes and changes sides of the chessboard. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, Mom. What is it? What time is it? One. Should have been here by now. Unless he's been a bit delayed. What do you mean, delayed? Well, he might have met somebody and forgot to watch the time. But whom? Jump from the army. But you said he's never been in the army. You are. Surely he come. Should I? Well, let's hope so. You must. Dear son, the middle classes are the backbone of the nation, and why? He who fusses about a mosquito net can never hope to dance with a goat. Josh used to say, life is a blank page. You mean to tell me you don't know what to, to, to write on it? I don't, Dad. Did you hear that, Bert? Never mind, Albert. Did somebody ring? Peter enters. No. Dear son. Should I? What time is it? Two. Already? You must. Dear son. You go make some move. Check. And he changes the sides of the chessboard. You're still at it. Yes, Dad. And how goes it? Badly, Dad, badly. Uh, Peter, what about going to the attic for a while? Do you mind? Peter exits. If he was merely an intellectual, well, all right. Intellectuals are sort of tolerated these days, but he keeps insisting on being bourgeois as well. Thick-headed, that's all. Dear son, not even the, how do you pronounce that, Hazaz of Cologne would go to the woods without a clamp. Josh thought about his future, and so he studied and studied and studied. Have you thought about yours? Uh, no, Dad. How's that? I've studied, Dad. Did you hear that, Bertha? Never mind, Albert. Did somebody ring? No. Uh, listen, Bertie. Hugo makes a move and changes sides of the chessboard. Well, how goes it? All right, Mom. What time is it? Three. He should have been here by now. Unless he's been a bit delayed. What do you mean, delayed? Well, he might have met somebody and forgot to watch the time. But whom? The childhood chum. You know very well he had no childhood. He had no childhood, but he had childhood chums. Am I not his childhood chum? But he couldn't have met you. There you are. Surely come. Should I? Well, let's hope so. You must. Dear son, he who knows where the bumblebee hides, his stinger never rolls up his leggings. When one calls Josh, Josh calls back. And that's the whole point. The basis of life is the idea you form all life. If you think 
anybody will form it for you? Uh, yes, Dad. Josh. He makes another move. Check. He changes sides of the chessboard. Did you hear that, Bert? Never mind, Albert. Dear Hugo, without the wharf, not even the wolf can be buried. That's why your father has invited for today. Well, go on. Ask father whom he has invited. Whom have you invited, Dad? My colleague, Calibus. Ask mother who is my colleague, Calibus. Who is daddy's colleague, Calibus, mommy? Your father's schoolmate. Well, go on, ask what did he do with his colleague, Calibus, when they were boys? What did you do with your colleague, Calibus, when you were boys, daddy? We used to break windows. Of rich farmers. Yes. And ask mother what is my colleague, Calibus, now? What is daddy's colleague, Calibus, now, mommy? A deputy chairman. And your father has invited him. For a game of chess with you. And at the same time. To give you advice. Just in the way of information. How to go about. This or that. In life. You know what I mean, don't you? Not even a hag would go to the woods without a plan. Well, have you ever seen a Hazar of Cologne carry hemp seed to the attic alone? Never, Daddy. There you are. Did somebody ring? No. Hugo makes his move and changes sides of the chessboard. Well, how goes it? All right, Mom. Makes a move. Check. He changes sides again. I, how, how goes it? Badly, Dad. Very badly, in fact. Makes his move and changes sides one more time. How goes it? Super, Mom. Makes a move. Checkmate. So maybe you should say move. Uh, makes his move changes to other side of chessboard. Okay. So they realize one side lost and one side won. Uh, on that last one. Yeah. Got it. So it goes super, Mom. Makes his move and changes to the other side of the chessboard. Checkmate. You lost? No, I won. You won? No, I lost. <laughs> Come now, did you win or did you lose? Lost here and won here. When you win here, you lose here? And when I lose here, I win here. You see, Berta, in, in, instead of total victory one time or total defeat another, he prefers to win a little and lose a little each time. Such a player will always stay in the game. Quite. You can't fry chicken weed without a straw. And why? Whereas all other classes in history kept exchanging their historical positions, the middle classes have come down through history untouched. Because no other class has ever tried to take their position, and so the middle classes never had anything to exchange with anybody, and have thus remained the only really permanent force in history. That's why, dear son, they cement the fragments of history into one unified whole and indeed create history and make it what it is. Hence, the most important eras are those that have known how to lean on the middle classes and put all ideals into their care, which they then look after as their own before passing them on to the next generation. No era can exist without the middle classes. Whereas, on the contrary, the middle classes can exist independently of all eras, and perhaps even without them altogether. I hope you don't think one can shoot kites while keeping a stable in Baroon. There you are, and the only country... And what time is it? And the only country which doesn't need the middle classes is Japan. Do what time is it? And the only country which doesn't need the middle classes is in Japan, because only in Japan are there enough people. What time is it? And the only country which doesn't need the middle classes is in Japan.
because only is Japan because only in Japan are there enough people without the middle classes besides Japan. What time is it? Five. Besides Japan. What time was he supposed to come? At twelve. Besides, what 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 did I actually want to say about Japan? You probably wanted to say that if we don't realize in time the historical role of the middle classes, the Japs, who don't need the middle classes, will come, remove them from history, and send them to Japan. At 12? And what if he doesn't come? Quite right, Hugo. Heaven forbid that you should still be about when, when, when that terrible day arrives. If he doesn't come, somebody else will. Just then the doorbell rings. Nobody will come, nobody will write, nobody will call. We're alone, all alone in the whole, alone in the whole world. There, there are more and more Japs every day. Did somebody ring? Peter enters. Uh, Peter, go and hide in the pantry. Columbus is here. Peter exits. Amanda enters. Something the matter? There's nothing the matter. Here is a letter. letter. No, letter. telegram. Go on, read it. <clears throat> opens it and reads it. Dear Albert, Cannot come today, must go to garden party of liquidation office. Have you got it, Anne, dear? Are you all right? Why, oh, I see it, half past seven. But you'll be there, won't you? <clears throat> May I go on? Sorry. Hoping to see you some other time. Very much. It does something for your figure. I wonder what the corner where you used to get off. Oh, the horse of nature. Listen, what about a trip to the country this weekend? Greetings, yours. Come on, you're not made of glass, are you? Francis Cavins. He won't come. We're finished. Nobody cares for us, Bertha. Stop being hysterical, Albert. If he doesn't come to Hugo, Hugo will go to him. Where? To the garden party. To the garden party. Hugo, where's your tie and your jacket? Well, I'd better be going. Oh, goodbye. Never mind, love. When I was starting out, I used to get even smaller parts than this. <laughs> but those were different times, madam. She exits. I hope Hugo is being careful when she's about. You do realize, Albert, she's the daughter of a caretaker. All the more reason for taking care. You do realize, Albert, what kind of times we happen to live in. Quite. Tomorrow, Hugo will take her for a walk. That's right. Hugo, get your tie and your jacket and run along to the garden. I have to play the return game. Did you hear that? I've been feeding a chipmunk so long that my pipe fell into the rushes. What if Jarosh heard that? To play a return game when the destiny of man is at stake, the future of a family. Father speaks of the family and you don't even bother to stand up? No, no, the times when they used to stand up are gone. Then they were both little, they strolled through the high grass, chased the butterflies, we were changing their nappies <coughs> like the apples of our eyes. We were giving them the backs of our shirts. Never mind, Albert. Hugo, life is actually a sort of a big chessboard. Does that mean anything to you? It does, Mom. Without the warp, you cannot bury the wolf. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Cricket. Where's my tie and my jacket? Pludek and Mrs. Pludek are moved and kiss you. Our darling little dope. Dear son, life is a struggle, and you are a dog. Stone walls do not an iron bar. To be or not to be, aye, that's the rub. Consider the lilies of the valley. They spoil not, neither do they tend. You are my son. He who doesn't know how to wade through the rye must go to Prague for his wits. You're a Pludek. 
farewell or else. Peter arrives, Hugo exits. They're all moved and watch him go. I'll drink to you only with mine eyes, for parting is such sweet sorrow. I could tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, mother, dear mother, one day he will say, home, oh, sweet home, it's here I shall stay. You'll take the low road and I'll take the high road. Bertie. What? Do you remember that lovely summer just before the war? All the wonderful mad plans we made then? You were going to study, to organize, to direct. Peter, where are you off to again? Can't you stay for a while within the family circle? Peter exits. We must brace ourselves up again, Bertie. You know what I mean. We must soar up from the earth, spread our wings, in short, live. Yes, live, live, live. We shall start a new and a better life. Lentils are lentils, and oats are oats. Do life. Scene two. Did, did, does anybody have any burning question about that? <laughs> that we could talk about for three or four hours? When we do it, yeah. it seems to me, I'm glad to be out coding, that we should go lickety-split. <laughs> yes. It's, it's stylized in that regard. Yeah. <clears throat> Ping pong. Yeah, I, I, I can sign that. So yeah, everybody's familiar enough with. Do we say Calabas or Calabas? Yeah. Or what do we say? Uh, I guess Calabas. Calabas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, what did we decide on? Calabas? Calabas. Calabas. Like cannabis. Calabas. 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 Okay. Maria Calabas. Cannabis would be. I can remember it that way. Maria Calabas. Does anybody have any questions about the first scene? Alright. So. Let's try the second scene at a faster pace and see, see how it feels. Scene two, enters to the garden party where the party at the liquidation office is taking place. A clerk and a secretary, employees of the liquidation office on duty at this entrance, sit at a desk covered with heaps of paper, various rubber stamps, etc. Hugo enters. Good evening, lentils are lentils and oats are oats. Is Calabi Calabas in? Calabas Joseph, born January 2nd, 1940. Calabas Vaclav, born June 18th, 1891. Or Calabas Francis, born August 4th, 1919. Calabas Francis, born August 4th, 1919, has been excused. He's lecturing tonight at a House committee meeting on the future of mankind. Do take your jacket and tie off. You are now at the main entrance, B13. You can buy here a general ticket, which entitles you to move freely throughout the whole area of the garden and to visit almost all the events organized within the framework of the liquidation office garden party. There is, for example, an informal chat with the head of the development department about new liquidation methods taking place in the area around the little pond. An entertaining quiz program on the history of the liquidation office taking place in Summer House Number 3. Or the program of humorous stories from the liquidation practice of Section 5, which have been written down and will be narrated by the head of Section 5. And in which you yourself can participate, provided you have sent the exact text of your story together with a health certificate and a permit from the head of your section 
to the Secretariat of Humor and to the Ideological Regulations Commission at the latest two months before the date of this garden party. Uh, provided you can obtain a permit from the organizing committee, you may even dance. Uh, that is to say, in the large area of dance floor A between 11.30 and 12. A large dance floor A is reserved until 11.30 for the liquidation method section and between 12 and 12.45 for the People's Commission and the Delimitation Subcommission. If you are interested in making use of aids to amusement, such as paper hats, gay paper mache noses, etc. You may pick them up via the head of your section in the sectional warehouse, and then you may go and amuse yourself with them within the area of small dance floor C. Of course, you'll have to respect the queue which has been forming outside small dance floor C since early afternoon, and which I'm sorry to say is inevitable in view of the relatively large interest in self-entertainment with aids to amusement and the limited accommodation within the space of small dance floor C. Sooner you start queuing, the sooner you get in. Yeah, excuse me, but small dance floor C is clearly smaller than large dance floor A. Why not move self-entertainment with aids to amusement to large dance floor A and the dance of selections to the small dance floor C? Why stick one's nose into the hedge when even the robin sings alone? Check. The clerk and the secretary exchange meaningful glances. At first glance, there's a logic in it. Unfortunately, this kind of logic is merely formal. Moreover, the actual content of okay, the Okay, so don't, don't read that stage yeah, direction and just, and just yes, take, a, take a good, if take, we get, yes. go, get going at a good speed, which was an excellent idea, Dustin, I'm glad I thought of it, then, it, then you can really take a, a pause with it, like what the hell happened. Sure. All right, so at first glance, there's logic in it. Unfortunately, this kind of logic is merely formal. Moreover, the actual content of the suggestion testifies to an ignorance of several basic principles. You mean, you mean if you'd approve if the dignified course of our garden party were disrupted by some sort of dadaistic jokerism, which would certainly ensue if such an important and, as it were, a junctional area as large dance floor A were to be open to unbridled intellectualities. Moreover, what makes you think that large dance floor A is larger than small dance floor C? Why deceive oneself? Surely our colleagues of the organizing committee knew very well that they restricted self-entertainment with aids to amusement precisely within the confines of small dance floor C. You mean you don't trust the rest Resolutions of the organizing committee? Composed of the leading officials of the liquidation office? Old, experienced men who long before you were born were devotedly liquidating? In conditions which your generation cannot even begin well, to Well, well, well. How are things at the entrance? Having fun, conversation flowing, the garden party is for everyone. Thank you, it's flowing. It's flowing. Well, that's good. It was sort of pretty good that you're here on duty. Go on, sit down, make yourselves comfortable, relax, undress if you like, take off your shoes. Damn it! Aren't you just among yourselves? Or how do you like my... Inauguration speech, good, huh? huh, huh? I just gave a sort of human touch, you know, liven things up out here, right down to the popular level, wasn't it? I, uh, I, I, uh, I, uh, well, well, now I wasn't putting it on, you know, it sort of comes naturally to me. In fact, I hate, I hate phrase-mongering, and I resolutely reject all sterile can. That's the way I am. You see, I'm quite an ordinary chap made of flesh and bone, milk and blood and short. As they say, I'm one of you. Go on. If you have something to eat, eat. We don't want to bother about formality, do we? You know, really, nothing foreign is human to me. I mean it. Well, never mind. Main thing, I've managed to establish this friendly and formal atmosphere among you. That's the way I am. Wherever I come, there's lots of fun. Never mind, the liquidation office is a useful institution with a complicated and a large administrative agenda. But in spite of it, I'm sorry to say, you do sometimes slip into bureaucratic practices. Sections have already noticed it, as discussed above. And the result is this garden party. Don't worry. Now, first stage, it's only a matter of letting your hair down in human sort of way, establishing among yourselves a nice, warm human relationship, and then frankly stopping to think how to ventilate the whole shop. Good gracious, chums, you don't really live like people. That's a fact. 
You know a woman can become pregnant in the moon? Of course she can. On the honeymoon. <laughs> Damn it, aren't we all just sons of one big mother? Oh, well, I, 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 I must run along now. I have to make sure that conversation with the lawyer is flowing. Try and have some sort of fun while I'm away. Yes. How are things at home? <laughs> what about the children? Quite a handful, eh? They aren't really. I haven't any. I... What? I have. What's that? Aren't you married? No, I'm not. No. Are you? No, neither am I. And what about the children? Well, you know how it is. Uh, quite a handful, you know. Uh... Listen. Large dance floor A, when we look at it from the distance of time. Yes. Is in a certain sense really. Yes. Larger than small dance floor C. In the context of the new historical situation, certainly. They concealed it from us, didn't they? <laughs> but now, let's not be afraid to say openly if we move self entertainment with aids to amusement to large dance floor A. We shall thus enable a greater number of employees to entertain themselves with aids to amusement. Today we no longer have to be afraid of aids to amusement. Wait, isn't, isn't it just another mousetrap? I beg your pardon? I'm sorry, it's large dance floor A is indeed large. I admire the courage with which it has been revealed to us. Well, it's, well, how are things at home? What about the children? Quite a handful, huh? Excuse me, but uh, in direct proportion to the amount by which large dance floor A is larger than small dance floor C is the number of employees who can entertain themselves with funny noses at one and the same time. He who fishes near Klatovi doesn't need to jump into the mulberry bush. All right, so let's check. <clears throat> it seems to me <clears throat> that that little piece is like a seduction seed. Okay. That, that's, so you could go quick with it. Just go back to the oh, top sure. of page 15. Well, how are things at home? Well, how are things at home? Uh, what about the children? Quite a handful, eh? There aren't really. I, I haven't any. I haven't. What? What? That's, uh, aren't you married? No, I'm not. No, but are uh, you? No, neither am I. No. Uh, what about the children? Well, you, you know how it is. Quite a handful. You, you know what? Listen, large dance floor A, when we look at it from the distance of time. Yes? Is in a certain sense really yes. larger than a small dance floor C. In the context of the new historical situation, certainly. They concealed it from us, didn't they? <laughs> but now let's not be afraid to say openly we will move self entertainment with aids to amusement to large dance floor A. We shall thus enable a greater number of employees to entertain themselves with aids to amusement. Today we no longer have to be afraid of aids to amusement. Wait, isn't it just another mousetrap? I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry. Large dance floor A is indeed large. I admire the courage which, which has been revealed to us. How well? How are things at home? What about the children? Quite a handful. Excuse me, <laughs> but in direct proportion to the amount by which large dance floor A is larger than small dance floor C is the number of employees who can entertain themselves with funny noses at one and the same time. He who fishes near Klatovi doesn't need to jump into the mulberry bush. Jack. So what? 
To say these things today is no sign of courage. Don't you see that if we're going to repeat over and over the truth for which the struggle has long been won, namely that large dance floor A is indeed large, we're only substituting one hackneyed phrase for another. No, 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 no. The, the point is today we need action, not words. Precisely what I had in mind a moment ago. Well, well, well. How are things at the entrance? Having fun, conversation flowing, garden parties for everyone. Thank you. It's flowing. It's flowing. Well, so I'm let, glad let, let me just stop you one second. So I think that the seduction stops with, isn't it just another mousetrap? Mm -hmm. And I beg your right. pardon is when it's, my sense of it is it's like, whoa, this is political. We could get into trouble for this kind of talk. So just a little so it's, something. It's, it's, you're pulled out of the seduction into the political <laughs> reality of uh, we have to be careful of what we're saying here. And I think your check is like chess related. That, that's, yes. You do the whole thing. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, you, you got them in check. Victory. But it's we right back into the seduction. Back. Just so I understand you, it's right back into the seduction after I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. Uh, and then back into know. it? Or, or drop it completely? I think you should drop I think then it's you're back to your... Back to the speak. Big brother is watching and be careful. Okay. You've forgotten that. Okay. So uh, let's go back just to Hugo's check. Ready? He who fishes near Plateau V. Uh, ready? Yeah. He who fishes near Clatavie doesn't need to jump into the mulberry bush. Jack. So what? Uh, to say these things today is no sign of courage. Don't you see that if we're going to repeat over and over the truth for which the struggle has long ago been won, namely that large dance floor A is indeed large, we're only substituting one hackneyed phrase for another. Uh, no, no, no. The point is today we need action, not words. Precisely what I had in mind. Well, 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 how are things at the entrance? Having fun, conversation flowing, garden partying for everyone. Thank you, it's flowing. It's flowing. Well, I'm glad to hear that. See, I hit the nail on the head with my inaugurating. Why the hell not? I'm, 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 I'm no beginner to inaugurating. Do you often inaugurate? What a question. Good gracious. It's sort of my job. After all, I am an expert inaugurator of parties, conferences, and celebrations. I work at inauguration service section 02. As soon as you opened your mouth, we knew you were a real expert. I've had a long inauguration practice, and I specialize in carving parties, but I inaugurate from a sort of burning human need, not simply it's my job. Are all inaugurators like you? I'm afraid not. There are two camps of inauguration service, old dogmatic praise mongers and the young chaps. The sense of humor? <laughs> you see, even if we are having our own internal problems, how then do one expect to be without them? No, not every inaugurator has reached a level where we'd like to see him. Not by a long shot. But you've reached the level where you'd like to see yourself. I'm trying to help my wicked colleagues to show them the way I'm actually the main thing. Uh, but actually, the main thing is that in spite, in spite of all, the inauguration committee as a whole stands today in the forefront of the struggle for the new approach to man. We'll have to learn a lot from you. A lot. A lot. Have you read my booklet? That's the name of your booklet. Oh, I thought it was a stage direction. To <laughs> 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 move towards the popular character. <laughs> You read my booklet toward the popular character garden parties organized by an institution? I was just about to. So was I. Well, no wonder, chums. I mean, really, one must sort of follow what's going on. That's what at least one can do, damn it. I mean, my, in my book, I've developed at least every garden party or anything else to be a platform for healthy, popular, at the same time, well-disciplined entertainment. So, so you, got, you guys are real, that's a big excuse. You really, yeah, yeah. you know, he's caught you in, in some way your, you know, author's feelings are hurt that they haven't read it. I read my booklet toward the popular character garden parties organized by our institutions. I was just about to. So was I. Well, no wonder, chums. 
I mean, really, one must sort of follow what's going on. Huh? That's the least one can do, damn it. Huh? In my book, I've developed a thesis every garden party ought to, uh, ought before anything else, to be a platform for a healthy, popular, and same time well disciplined entertainment of all employees. As a matter of fact, your garden party is all the earmarks of becoming such a platform. Thank you. Thanks. I like to work for you, you know. We inaugurate, uh, we inaugurators like you liquidation of it. It should be George C. Scott. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 you know, we inaugurators like you liquidation of it, sir. Sort of off, all, all, uh, 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 sort of off the tops of our heads, as, as, as usual among workers. We liquidation officers like you inaugurators as well. There you are. A certain stage is really important that people frankly say to one another that they're sort of people. Our progress, progresses, and uh, our progress progresses, and we mustn't get stuck with mere abstract proclamations. You know, I always say, man, man lives. Is that right? Instead of man lives. I always say, man, man lives. And so in the same way, you two, now let's not be afraid to open our trap and say it aloud. You two must live. See, chums, life, life is a bloody marvelous thing. Don't you think? It is bloody marvelous. And even a liquidation offer has a right to, uh, to a slice of a really full, I mean, you know, full life. And each one is bound to have a human defect. They sort of, you know, belong to people. I hope that you and, and you do have some defect or other. If not, we'll never really sort of get along together. That's a fact. If you use a word with paper abstractions, you may stake your life on that. I have a defect. So have I. I'm obscene. No way. No I have way. a filthy picture at home. Do you? Do you? What about you? But so do I. That's the spirit. <laughs> Give it a go, chums. Give it a go. Goodness knows I hate them scrags that sticks their heads in the sand faced with problematical such as, let's say, a slice of emotional life. Now, take love, for example. Ain't it a bloody useful thing, so long as one knows how to latch on to it? Damn it, to catch hold of these things is, after all, a part of working with human material. As they say in my hometown, catch a rabbit, and you'll have it. <laughs> well, what do you say? It, uh, oh, we agree, absolutely. Catch a rabbit, and you'll have it. Oh, I must uh, <laughs> run along now. I have to make sure the conversation in the whole area is flowing. Try Why, see if you can do that like he's a genius. You know, like that's, that's just the secret of life. It's just been revealed. That's kind of a part of working with human material. As they say in my hometown, catch a rabbit and you'll have it. Well, what do you say? Oh, we agree. Absolutely. Catch a rabbit and you'll have it. Oh, well, I, I must run, run along. I have to make sure the conversation in the whole area is flowing. I have some sort of Look. Yes. Look, a sparrow. It's flying. Moss blossoms, meadows are a humming. Nature. What? I say sparrows are flying, the moss blossoms, the meadows are a humming. Oh, I see. Nature. Yes. Well, now, you have hair. <laughs> it's pretty. Gold like buttercup. Butter. Like buttercrumbs. I mean buttercups. And your nose is like a rose. I'm sorry, I mean, forget me not. White. Look, a sparrow. What? It's flying. And you have breasts. I know. Two. Like two little founts. I'm sorry, I mean, like two footballs. Like footballs, that's what I meant to say. Sorry. Well, that's all right, that's all right, go on. And your eyes are like. Like two footballs. I mean, buttercups. How are things at home? 
Well, you know, nature, I mean, forget me not. How about the footballs? Quite a handful, huh? <laughs> not really. They blossom. You know, I, I see you're not married. I mean, they're humming. Yes, no, sparrows, moss, boy, like, to hell with it. I'd like to know who thought of this stupid campaign. Catch a rabbit and you'll have it. Bloody fool. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. The large dance floor A is indeed large. I admire the courage with which it has been revealed to us. Look, a sparrow. Uh, excuse me, but if an hour ago the self-entertainment with aids to amusement had been moved to large dance floor A, the queue could have been shorter by at least 100 yards. If we're going to repeat over and over the truth for which the struggle has long ago been won, namely that large dance floor A is indeed large, we're only going to substitute one hackneyed phrase for another. The point is that today we need action, not words. One should never fire a blunderbuss into the nettles. Check. I do disagree, most emphatically. There are truths which can never become trite, and I shall never allow any truth as dear to us as the truth that the large dance floor A is indeed large to be maliciously belittled by any references to its seeming self-evidence. For nothing is self-evident so long as there still lurks among us even one of those who would prefer to see us removed from every dance floor. Precisely what I had in mind a while ago. Well, 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 our legs at the entrance, having fun, conversation we, we, I think we need that stage director. <coughs> Falk enters wearing yeah. a gay... Uh, Falk enters wearing a, a gay papier-mâché nose. Well, well, well. How are things at the entrance? Having fun, conversation flowing, garden parties for everyone. Thank you, it's flowing. It's flowing. And what are you talking about, huh? About love. Oh, well, that's lovely. Even love sort of belongs to man, and man of today has rich feelings, much, much richer than any preceding man. But that's exactly what we must make damn sure that our love doesn't go and spill over a certain optimal, optimum level of manageability. Otherwise, our love might go and awake in people some temporary sadnesses as well. And these must be fundamentally eradicated. As long as they don't belong among constructive sadnesses. For we know those too. We mustn't proceed mechanically so we don't pour out the bath with the baby. As long as the bath of constructive sadnesses doesn't conceal destructive ones as well, of course. Regarding the question of sadness, I'm an optimist. I, on the contrary, am an enemy of cheap optimism. I am so glad you're discussing. Today we must discuss, and while we're uh, doing it, we mustn't be afraid of contrary opinions. Everyone who's honestly interested in our common cause ought to have one to three contrary opinions, and so, as was so nicely put in the resolution of the 23rd inaugural conference, you know that a woman can get pregnant on the moon? Yes, on the honeymoon. Jokes, jokes, nothing but jokes. <laughs> Why don't you talk about art, for example, they're your jolly rich material, there you've jolly rich material for discussion, all nice and ready. Good gracious, you mean we haven't still got a whole damn heap of burning problems and matters of art? I was just going to mention art. Art, that's what I call a fighting word. I myself, sort of personally, fancy art. I think there's a spice of life. I think our time directly calls for great dramaticals full of full-blooded heroes for courageous, audacious paintings of landscapes that contemporary spectator needs more and more contemporary plays. The more contemporary, the better. Or it ought to have an organic part of the life of each one of us. Absolutely. At the very next meeting of the Delimitation Subcommission, I'm supposed to recite a few lyrical epical verses. Lyrical epical verses? I mean, it's good that you're inflamed by the question of art, but the same thing, you mustn't sort of one-sidedly overrate art 
and so sink in unhealthy aestheticism, profoundly hostile to the spirit of our garden parties, as if we didn't have in technology a whole damn heap of burning problems. I was just going to change the subject and mention technology. Technology? <laughs> That's what I call a fighting word. You know, I maintain that we're living in the century of technology. The magnet, telephone, magnet. <laughs> Not even Gil Vernon. You want to tell us who that is? I have no idea who Jules Verne is. It's it supposed like, to be Jules Verne. I think it's supposed Verne. to be Jules Verne. Yeah. Uh -huh. it's, 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 it's getting Jules Verne wrong. Yeah. Right. yeah. Ah. Or, or not. Is it the second or which one when you read? Uh, I suppose it is. Well, it's the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh. Not even Jules Verne. But imagine it like this. So make it Jill. Not even Jill Vernon could imagine anything like this. I've just read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Soon we'll be able to read an even greater depth. <laughs> about the discoveries of Captain Nemo. He hasn't got of a clue. Of course he hasn't. He hasn't got a clue, this Vernon, about the discoveries of our captains of science. Technology ought to become an organic part of the life of each one of us. Absolutely. At the very next meeting of the liquidation methodology section, I'll suggest that we reconsider the possibilities of the chemification of liquidation practice. The chemification of liquidification practice? I know it's good that you're inflamed by the question of technology, but at the same time, you mustn't sort of one-sidedly overrate technology as to sink into perilous technicism, which changes man into a mechanical cog in the dehumanized, the dehumanized world of a spiritless civilization, as if we didn't have a whole damn heap of burning problems in matters of art. I was just going to change the subject and mention art. Art. That's what I call a fighting word. <laughs> colleagues in the Department of Culture surely know very well why they're planning to publish a decree about artistic courage that'll take effect already in the second quarter. Quite right. Art must provoke through audacious experimentation and form. Ex impressionism, the, that sort of thing. Impressionism. Good that you're inflamed by the question of art. But you shouldn't underrate technology. I was just going to change the subject and mention technology. Technology, that's what I call fighting work. <laughs> College of Industry surely know very well that they're planning an induction of machines already in the next quarter. Quite right. Technology must make use of the latest discoveries. The periodic table of elements, for example. Periodic table of elements. Periodic table of elements. Sorry, it's good that's that you're right. playing the question of technology, but you shouldn't underrate art. Art! That's what I call a fighting word. It's good that you're inflamed by the question of art. But you shouldn't underrate technology. Technology! That's what I call a fighting word. It's good that you're inflamed by the question of technology. But you shouldn't underrate art. Art! That's what I call a fighting word. It's good that you're inflamed by the question of art. Oh, stop it for God's sake. Please check please. <laughs> This way we'll never get along together. If you mean to torpedo the friendly atmosphere, I've managed to create among you the, under the guise of an open discussion. Furthermore, to undermine the success of our garden party, there's no place for you in the close-knit ranks of our collective. Don't stand for any rowdyism here. If anybody starts a rumpus in this place, I'll catch all of them with these two grabbers. And these two grabbers. These two grabbers. Your hands. Oh, okay. With these two grabbers and send them out of here spinning like a staff. Don't you dare come near me until you've made it up one another in a human sort of way. Hooligans. The clerk and the secretary back out in terror. Lyro, lyrico epical verses, chemification of liquidation practice, impressionism, the periodic table of the elements, lyrico epical verses, chemification. Hmm. <laughs> lyrico epical verses. <laughs> You're on, Dustin. Chemification. I've lost it. 
Hey, what do you think about all this? <laughs> Me? Well, at the beginning, the argument was quite interesting, but then it got a bit out of hand, didn't it? I mean, from the beginning, a, a, a wrong personal tone was maintained, although throughout an interesting topical problem was under discussion, wasn't it? Of course, one may look at it from different angles, sides, and positions, but at the same time, one must never forget to consider all the pros and cons, <laughs> must one? Yes, I agree. They were both not, though I don't think they were. <laughs> In fact, uh, they both seem to have forgotten that in the future, art and technology will sort of harmoniously supplement each other. The lyrico-epical verses will help in the chemification of the liquidation practice. The periodic table of the elements will help in the development of impressionism. Every technological product will be specially wired for the reception of aesthetic brainwaves. The chimneys of atomic power stations will be decorated by our best landscape painters. There will be public reading rooms, 20,000 leagues under the sea. Differential equations will be written in verse. On the flat roofs of cyclotrons, there will be small experimental theaters where differential equations will be recited in a human sort of way. Right? Falk stares at Hugo, who fearfully takes out his identification card and shows it to him. Falk, mistaking his actions, shows his card to Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> and they both calm down. So you guys should just both do that. Okay. So, do what? As if you had a card in your hand. Yeah, show your card. So that won't be read or we'll just do, or, or we'll be read and then we It'll will do it? It'll be read and do it. Okay, so okay. At least you could do, that's your position. I like the way you speak. Human sort of way. And you're with it. I like you. You know? You're a born inaugurator. Come on, tell me. Always fancied inaugurating. Goodness gracious, how'd you get stuck in the liquidation office? Some injustice from the town? Well, you know how it is, one gets blown this way and that. Assignment, perhaps. Well, we all have our assignments. Special field assignment, oh, that's it, isn't it? Pity, I would have really a good point there. No, you, you, weren't, you weren't too bad. Nah, you're all right, you know, but now you mustn't think I'm trying to bother you. That's not my way. I must say, I've blown a soft spot in my heart for you. I mean it. Same here. Maxie Falk. Why don't you call me Maxie? Well, why not, you old Falk, you? <laughs> Listen, Jim, what about a little nice little chat straight from the heart? Sort of man-to-man, Maxie? That's it? What about it? Why not? As a matter of fact, all this time I've been thinking how nice it would be if we two could have a sort of real man-to-man -man chat. He puts on Falk's gay nose. <laughs> I wouldn't hit the word gay. <laughs> <laughs> or nose. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to call him. He puts on Falk's paper machine yeah. notes. Well, how's the boss? Quite a handful, eh? Skipper has his faults, you know, but doesn't share. You find him at his desk even at this hour. At night? What are, what are you liquidating, in fact? So I could go see him right now? You want to? You mean I couldn't? Why not? By the way, what for? Just like that, have a little chat, that's all. I see, I, I don't want to pry. Pry away! Yeah? Sure. Well, what for? <laughs> Just like that, have a little... Chad, that's well, all. I, I don't want to pry. Pry away. May I? Sure. <laughs> what for? Just like that. Have a little chat. That's all. 
It was a little bit from UNESCO, but we'll continue. <laughs> well, the inauguration service isn't perfect, and we all know that. There were mistakes painting. The whole affair will now be in the hands of a pro. Listen, he won't give me a hard time, will he? Dictative, his dictative history. Dictative history is the dictative history. You'll see that. Much greater men have, have had to see that. I'm, I'm really quite an ordinary chap, you know, made of flesh and bones, milk and blood. Is the idea that I am, is the idea that I am him and he's me when I switch the nose, or is it well, not that? Well, he certainly seemed to be taking over. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll just, I, I'm not sure what to, but all right. <laughs> um, well, you better get it between Yeah, hobbles. I Because <laughs> <laughs> Hobble's going to be here. Um, listen, he won't yeah, give me a hard time. Yeah, but he, he doesn't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has no answer. Uh, dictated history is the dictated history. We'll see. The much greater men have, uh, uh, have had to see you. I'm really quite an ordinary chap, you know, made of flesh and bones, milk and blood, and also to me, nothing foreign is human. At least you perceive the feeling. You understand people, that's damn good. But of course, I hate phrase mongering, and I resolutely reject all cant. I mean it, Chum. You know me, don't you? And I haven't even mentioned them scrags that sticks their head in the sand when faced with burning problematic. I am never afraid of the truth. When the cause is at stake, all personal entries must go overboard. I'm sure it'll leave me halfway. Damn it, aren't we all sons of one big mother? Uh, yes, you bet, but you mustn't put us all, as they say, in one basket, even in liquidating. One, 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 one must sort of appreciate the differences. Take a chap like me for it. Ah, never mind. Main thing. I've managed to create here a sort of friendly, informal atmosphere, but now I really must run along. Don't worry, we're not seeing each other for the last time. Who knows, tomorrow I might be quite at home among you. You'll be through with us in no time. Well, that's that. Now try and have some sort of fun here while I'm away. I see what you mean. There are tempestuals and tempestuals times. Everything's on the move. Do have a rest. Turning the page. Everything's evolved with a great kind of speed. Calm down. What's new? Today will be old tomorrow. Relax. We're searching for new paths. Make yourself comfortable. Opening windows. Undress if you like. Ice is breaking the fall. Take off your shoes. Yesterday the inauguration service was in the forefront. Tomorrow it'll bring up the bloody road. Have a nap if you like. Even inaugurators are sort of men. Damn it, as they say in my own hometown. Catch a rabbit and you'll have it. Jack. So, so he's definitely, when he says you know me. Yeah. Wow, you know me. You've become him somehow, but I don't know quite how you achieved that in this wordplay, but you've taken over. Yeah, I mean, some of the phrases and stuff. Yeah. All right. Hugo quickly leaves. Falk sits down in despair. The clerk and the secretary gingerly approach. So why is Falk in despair, do you think? I don't know, but if we all up here act like we really understand this, <laughs> then we'll us. do what we're well, supposed to do to Yes, and that's it. Can I make the shit up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go ahead. Isn't, isn't it that Falk mistakes Hugo for somebody who's more important than he is? Uh, you know, the whole ID card, Falk thinks, oh, this is someone who's higher up than I am, right? Isn't that that's the way I was looking at it? You mean politically higher up? Politically higher up. I, and I, so I, he's I, sort I, of kowtowing to him, and then see that, he leaves, and he realizes he's Maybe he's made a big mistake. Like it's just—it's possible in this world at that time that he thinks he's a plant who's been yeah. sent down. That's what it's I'm possible. That he's a plant. That he is. Yeah. Shankman. That he's in trouble. He's getting ready to lose his job. I—I right. uh, <laughs> just don't understand his, his despair at the end of that. Well, he's going to get reported. He's afraid he's made a mistake. Yeah. Let's go for that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be sitting here, so I'm not going to be able to act like I'm sitting down in despair. So I should, I should read that. Oh, well, right. He's going to read my acting. Just, 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 just really. I ain't going to be able to act it because I'm a 
Despair? You can't do despair? Not when I'm already sick. You want to stand up? Should we change to stand up in despair? I, I love it when he reads my, my transitions. <laughs> my emotional transitions. <laughs> it's helpful. You want me to leave despair over here? All right. <laughs> Take it back to the top of page 26, so we don't have to do that right. stage. Take it back to where? Top of page 26. Page 26. Everything's evolving at breakneck speed. Calm down. What's new today will be old tomorrow. Relax. We're searching for new paths. Make yourself comfortable. Opening windows. Undress if you like. The ice is breaking. The thaw. Take off your shoes. Yesterday, the inauguration service was in the forefront. Tomorrow, it'll bring up the bloody. Have water. a nap if you like. Even inaugurators are sort of men. Damn it! As they say in my hometown, catch a rabbit and you'll have it. Jack, you go quickly leave. Falk sits down in despair. The clerk and the secretary gingerly approach. Then the clerk slowly begins to deliver his message. We've made up with one another now. We exchanged various facts from our private lives. We threw pine cones at each other. We tickled each other, nudged each other, tried to throw each other off balance. I pulled my colleague, the liquidation secretary, by the hair. My colleague, the liquidation secretary, bit me. But, but all just in fun. You know. So you guys, that's going to Maxi Falk, right? And we showed each other various peculiarities of our persons. We both found it very interesting. And we also touched each other. And finally, We even called each other by our first names a few times. Shut up. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? You think I care about you? Not at all. Not in the least. Nothing but air for me. You don't exist. I don't even see you. Go on. Inauguration service is being li liquidated, so you better be there. You better not miss it. Hurry up. Falk angrily stalks out. The clerk stares blankly after him for a while, and then the penny drops and he begins to pace joyfully up and down the stage. They're clever. <laughs> they are clever. Now let's see, will the inauguration service be liquidated under letter A or letter B? Christ, they're clever. Joe, is that all you can say to me now? <laughs> oh, come on. Be glad it's all over. We must hurry and liquidate, miss. We mustn't be late. The secretary begins to sob, and quickly she starts towards the exit. The clerk, smiling happily, is about to follow, but before they have time to leave, Falk, furious, runs on the stage, faces them, and shouts, You know what? By the time you start liquidating, I'll be in bed. That's where I'll be. In bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, just hung so, out with them. I so so clearly, <laughs> they have just come back from having sex. And it's important to her, but he thinks there's some political thing that he's he's figured out that right. So he's he's done with that. She's not done with that. And I I guess I guess Maxie feels he's been replaced. He must suspect that he's been replaced in his job by this guy. He's in despair about something. Love seems to be beyond the, the radar sc screen of these people politically. 
guess that's what he's getting at. That kind of lack of personality and lack of humanity. Um, does anybody have any? It's, it, it's not easy. I mean, it's definitely in a context of 1963 and that. Anybody have any burning questions about what's active? <laughs> Don't start it. Um, you want to take a stretch break, or should we just bang on? What time? Let's take let's take two minutes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Act two. Did everybody meet Robert? Hi, everybody. Hi. Oh, Ben. How you doing? Did anybody not meet Robert? Everybody. Oh, everybody met Robert. I'm Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Robert, Robert that'd be a quiz. So listen to their names. There's a pop quiz. Okay. Act two, scene three. Act two, scene three. Head office of the liquidation service. The director sits at his desk covered with masses of paper, next to the secretary who is carrying out the liquidation. She is taking papers and files from the director and stamping them with various rubber stamps. Having classified each object, she puts it into a huge basket placed nearby. The following dialogue does not in any way interfere with the process of liquidation. Miss. Yes. May I ask you something? Go on. Will this liquidation take a long time? Why do you ask? You don't want to go to bed? What do you mean by that? Nothing wrong. It shouldn't take long. The organizational structure of the inauguration service allows us to proceed in a new way under letter C, which is a combination of letters A and B. I am working from the bottom under letter A, which is the preliminary registrational formal liquidation, and my colleague works from the top under letter B, which is the proper normal delimitational liquidation. We simply proceed from opposite directions towards each other. I see. So you're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Well, not exactly. According to the liquidation our monogram. We should meet on the third floor, but it's quite possible that my colleague will be there before me. He works very hard. <laughs> Some fool, huh? Please don't speak to him like that. At least not in my presence. Sorry, I didn't realize. Good gracious, you think I'm not a woman? I didn't mean to. I beg your pardon. In other words, your colleague might appear here any minute. Yes, we must hurry. Meanwhile, the secretary is classified and put into the basket all the papers. During the following dialogue, she takes the director's tie, stamps it, throws it into the basket. The same happens with his jacket, shirt, and trousers. From then on, until the end of the scene, the director will stay in his underwear. Have you the list of the liquidation forms? Yes. And the list of the del delimitation norms? No, not that one. Size? We're referring to the tie. Uh, referring to the tie. Uh, no size. Regular, I suppose. The list of the liquidation forms is invalid without the list of the delimitation norms. Wouldn't a list of liquidation norms supported you, by list Instead of, of referring, doing the stage direction, can you say, I say size, the size of tie? Tie size. size. Tie size. Tie size. And then pick up your tie, tie and just okay. say yeah. there's no size. <laughs> That's good. All right. And everybody, don't hold your scripts up because it blocks your face. As not that you have faces. I'm going to claim I have two faces. Collectively. Have you the list of the liquidation forms? Yes. And the list of the delimitation norms? No, not that one. Tie size? Uh, no size. Regular, I suppose. But the list of the liquidation forms is invalid without the list of the delimitation norms. Wouldn't a list of liquidation norms supported by a list of delimitation forms be enough? That, I'm afraid, would make the whole liquidation invalid. Goodness, isn't this norm a bit formal? On the contrary, it's a perfectly normal form. Size? Uh, jacket size? Uh, 50. Lining a bit torn. 
I'd hate to argue, but where? By the left sleeve. I'd hate to argue, but where? So could you, could you turn to her just a bit? Sure. And just be Is this right to her a little bit more? Is that mine? I don't remember if she's dead, but. Um, and can you just take just take a little time looking for your jacket size and your tie oh, okay, size? Okay, right. That should be in the play. It is. That's like it is now. <clears throat> and look at the back of it, and then the audience will know what's going on in the whole scene. You know, really, yeah, really yeah. look for one. And then you don't have to do any acting. Tie size. Uh, no size, regular, I suppose. But the list of the liquidation forms is invalid without the list of the delimitation norms. Wouldn't a list of liquidation norms supported by a list of delimitation forms be enough? That, I'm afraid, would make the whole liquidation invalid. Goodness, goodness. isn't this a norm a bit formal? On the contrary, it's a perfectly normal form. Jacket size? Uh, Fifty. Lining a bit torn. I'd hate to argue, but where? By the left sleeve. I'd hate to argue, but where? It was stipulated in the volume of collected liquidation decrees. I'd hate to argue, but where were the decrees enacted? At this year's liquidation action committee meeting. And where were they unanimously voted on? At last year's liquidation conference. And finally validated? At the liquidation sitting of the year before last, which you yourself inaugurated quite nicely, as a matter of fact. You quoted Shakespeare, remember? Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. And then what daffodils begin to peer? What hay, the doxy of the dale. And then from sh this is Sorry, I'm not paying attention. Shramek, Shramek, Shramek. Where are you? In the uh, uh, 30, about five about down, yeah. 30, about a fourth down, yeah. 30, five miles down. And then from Shramek, farewell clover, tis the end. Shramek. 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 And then from Shramek, farewell clover, tis the end. I may no longer call him friend. Oh, God! There, there, miss. There's lots of good fish in the sea. Chin up, old girl. You're a woman. So you don't know the stipulation regarding the list of delimitation norms. A thousand violins and flutes I heard, and so I missed the stipulation. There you are. If this was another sort of liquidation, I could perhaps turn a blind eye. What sort of liquidation is this? This is liquidation through delimitation. Does it mean we'll be reassigned? To the tinkers, probably. Blimey, how are we to be organized? In so-called cultinks, I suppose, which are sort of complex collectives made up of <coughs> one tinker and eight inaugurators each. Are the cultinks going to inaugurate or to tink? Tink, of course. Collar. Eighteen. Collar side. Well, that sort of winds up letter A. Now I'm, going to, uh, now I'm going up to the next floor. I'll collect the basket on the way back. My colleague will be here any minute to do letter B. Oh, God, I'm not a woman. I'm a tree. Okay. Out, All right, so. hold it. Do we have any idea what just went on there? Because I, I just, what are you guys working on? Saying it in English. I don't know. I mean, what about the, the Shakespearean quotes? What, what's happening in there? I think it's again, it's the love. I mean, you were talking about it's just me holding on to something, but uh -huh. I don't know that that's is that reading. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? That I was holding <laughs> on to something from another scene. <laughs> She's referring to his having made the speech last time. Yeah. Right. So it the, has yeah. The beauty, you know okay. that. Good. All right. The emotionality is compared to the 
dry office and, and, name. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think it erupts. And, and so that's what gets her in tears. Yeah. All right, so. All right, she walks out sobbing. The director goes to the basket, opens it for a while, stares sadly inside, and then he sighs. Difficult times. After a while, he collects himself, sits down at his desk. His eyelids begin to close. He struggles against his sleepiness, partially recovering. Must try to hold out. He falls asleep. Hugo enters, still wearing the paper mache nose. Hello there, Skipper. What? Ah, yes, yes, that's me. I mean, so. gave you quite a turn there, eh? On the contrary, thank you. Do sit down. We're human, aren't we? Well, how are the kidneys? Uh, thanks, liver. Same thing, aren't we? Sort of among ourselves, huh? Yes, of course. Well, how are things, Chum? How are we? Well, we know. We live. We inaugurate, Chum. Good that we live. Let's live. Well now, how do we, uh, so to say, begin? That, so to say, depends on us, doesn't it? No doubt, it does, doesn't it? So we're the boss here, are we? We are. Honest. If it's all right with us, yes, honest. Well, that's quite stimulating. We respect us. We think it's sort of pretty honorable and responsible position we hold. Do we smoke? No thanks. We've been expecting us, we know. We've been looking forward. Shall we sit down? Do we smoke? No, thanks. We know. We sort of appreciate the inspiring significance of the inauguration service within the framework of our society and the inspiring significance of the skipper within the framework of the inauguration service. Do we smoke? No, thanks. We know, not that we wouldn't like to tink. We'd love to tink, but uh, how would we put it? Do we smoke? Uh, no, thanks. Soon this will be sort of our second home, we believe. Am we right? We am. Do we smoke? No, we don't. No. If we may, we'd like to start sort of from Eve. Already as a little child, we inaugurated all our little childish games. Charming. When we grew ben, up a bit. Can you, maybe let the last do we smoke make you angry so that no we don't is exasperated. Just okay. Just change the color. Of it. Okay. And then you're going to get your feelings hurt a little bit. All right. Directly. Soon this will be sort of our second home, we believe. Am we right? We am. Do we smoke? No, we don't. If we may, we'd like to start sort of from Eve. Already as a little child, we inaugurated all our little childish games. Charming. When we grew up a bit. As a generation. As an individual. I've never set up any artificial barriers between the generations. Neither have I. All people are really one generation, aren't they? Absolutely. Well, then, when I grew up a bit, I inaugurated all school celebrations and parties. Nice. And until now, I've never let an opportunity for inaugurating slip by. Impressive. Thanks. I'm glad it's precisely you who come to us. Thank you. Clearly, you'll appreciate our pr particular situation. I'll do my best. So the work will just hum along. Right. Promise? Yes. You see, I have a number of qualities and potentialities particularly suited to inaugurating, and I understand, I think, sort of, its meaning and its mission. Inaugurating, to my mind, is sort of a specific form of education. Yes, but it's also its specific method. Well, form or method? Both. It's precisely this particular unity which guarantees its specificity. Stimulating. Isn't it? All right, but what, specific, what is specific for the content of inauguration? Its specific form. Stimulating. Isn't it? All right, but what is specific for the form of inauguration? Its specific method. Stimulating. Isn't it? All right, but what is specific for the method of inauguration? Its specific content. Thrice stimulating. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yes, and this specific interrelation might be called the basic inauguration triangle. Oh? Yes, while the specific character of this triangle is precisely its triangularity. Oh? Yes. 
This is indeed a stimulating contribution to the burning problem of inauguration theory. Isn't it? I'm glad we understand each other. So am I. Very glad. I'm always glad when I meet somebody who's sort of close to me. I mean, in the way of opinions and emotions. Go on, call me Hugo. Do you smoke? No thanks, Hugo, and you. Do call me Ernie. Thanks, Ernie, neither do I. And you? No thanks, Hugo, and you? Not at all. Listen, Ernie, why don't you think of me as sort of your father? And you of me as your mother. Mummy. Do you want anything, love? From you, nothing. Well, now, as a matter of fact, I came... No, I know okay, why you came, it. Hugo. All right, hold it. So you. somehow... <laughs> now, wait, hold it, hold it, I'll hold it. Some... I highlighted my mind. Somehow he's taking over this yes. guy as well. So there's got to be just a, a sense of success. Mm -hmm. on, you, you can just have a moment there where you realize that you're, you're winning. And I think it's around... Where is that moment? I think it's around... Uh, call me Hugo, do you smoke? Call me Bernie, you got him. Right. You know? And then the mother is is summoned from some absurd, it's like <laughs> saying to Amanda, you know, I've had a small part too, dear. Uh, so she's, so you sh should be shocked that your mother is somehow in this place. Do you want me to read the stage directions about her popping in and popping out? Yes, please. Okay. That'll help. Yeah, that will. But there's just a sense of, you know, like, what the hell is my mother doing? Yeah, and she looks out from the wings. It's like breaking the, yeah. the convention of the play. Like, exactly. That's right, okay. Uh, all right. So what would happen if you did it behind <coughs> Robert Klein's back like that? Mm -hmm. You went behind him. Okay. Okay. Listen, Ernie, why don't you think of me as sort of your father? And you of me as your mother. Mummy. Mrs. Pludek looks out from the wings. Do you want anything, love? From you, nothing. Mrs. Pludek disappears. <laughs> Uh, well, now, as a matter of fact, I came... I know why you came, Hugo, but don't worry, I'll meet you halfway. I agree with you entirely. About time this happened, you'll be pleased with me, you'll see. You know, I mean it, Ernie, really. You see, I think I belong here among you, sort of. Am I right? Right. It's clear we get along fabulously. We're lucky, that's all. Do you smoke? No, and you? No. Listen, Ernie, cross your heart, aren't you sort of a non-smoker? Oh, goodness, no, not I. I see. Oh, well, what about getting down to business? That's up to you, isn't it? It's you who's at home here. I'm the intruder. On the contrary, I'm the one who is delaying you, Hugo. Why don't you sort of inaugurate it? You want me to try it out first, eh? And what am I supposed to inaugurate? What? Well, you know what. No, what? The liquidation. The liquidation? Of what? Of the inauguration service, of course. Christ! A bloody genius thought up that one. Obviously, it's loaded with booby traps, but I won't be booby trapped, you know? Oh? I won't. Well, okay, so Ben, what is that? What is is he moving forward or backward with that? I think he's stopped by it, and now he's on the, the by the revelation on that the it's defense. Yeah, I think so too. Christ! Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I think that's where you go. Uh, um, so I guess we're dealing with a lot of abject paranoia. Yeah. You know, well, of, yeah. Of, of well it seems like every time somebody seems to know what they're doing. Everybody who doesn't assumes that their their job is in peril. Yeah. And he seems to know what he's doing, even though he's right. a complete stranger. Yeah. But isn't, isn't Hugo applying for a job? Yeah, he's a complete he, stranger. He's never worked here. He's come he's come here to try and get a job. And so he's trying to convince the director to give him the job. Meanwhile, the director is being liquidated and thinks that Hugo is, is the guy who's But the liquidation only only became. But then when he reveals that, he thinks it's something. That, I think it's something that I don't right. know. And he that's thinks that he's. You think he's testing you, right, or something? Isn't that? Well, I mean, that's the that's the, the structure of it. I just don't know how much Hugo knows in terms of at any of given moment. 
how successful he is if he's really trying to take over the whole goddamn thing because that's what he succeeds in doing. My sense is that they're vamping and improvising, but also also suggestible to believing that the improv <laughs> they're improvising, but then when someone buys it, they're suggestible to believing that it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, they, they they believe the worst. Yes, each, but, each time. but they also assume whatever identity is convincingly projected onto them. I, no? I saw some uh, review of the play that said Hugo plays chess alone in the beginning and at the end he's playing chess alone but on the government's payroll. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's back up so we can just get to that Christ the Bloody Jew. So let's go to on uh, bottom of page 34. What about getting down to business? Oh well. What about getting down to business? That's up to you, isn't it? It's you who's at home here. I'm the intruder. On the contrary, I'm the one who's delaying you, Hugo. Why don't you sort of inaugurate it? You want me to try that first, eh? Uh, and what am I supposed to inaugurate? What? Well, you know what. Know what? The liquidation. The liquidation of what? Of the inauguration service, of course. Christ, a bloody genius thought that one up. Obviously, it's loaded with booby traps, but I won't be booby trapped, you know? Oh? I won't. Well, who's going to inaugurate? Who? Well, surely the responsible inaugurator. The responsible inaugurator? But the inaugurators cannot inaugurate when they're being liquidated, can they? Right. That's why it ought to be inaugurated by the responsible liquidation officer. The responsible liquidation officer? But the job of a liquidation officer is to li liquidate, not to inaugurate. Right. That's why it'll be necessary to organize special inaugurational training of liquidation officers. Oh? Or rather, liquidational training of inaugurators. Well, you ought to know that. Best if both trainings were organized at the same time. Inaugurators will be training liquidation officers, while liquidation officers will be training inaugurators. And will it then be inaugurated by a liquidation officer trained by an inaugurator, or by an inaugurator trained by a liquidation officer? Another training will have to be organized. Inaugurationally trained liquidation officers training liquidationally trained inaugurators, and liquidationally trained inaugurators training inaugurationally trained liquidation officers. And will it then be inaugurated by a liquidationally trained inaugurator trained by an inaugurationally trained liquidation officer, or by an inaugurationally trained liquidation officer trained by a liquidationally trained inaugurator? Well, by the latter, of course. I see you thought of matter through to the end, in theory. But in practice, we're faced with the necessity to act. I want to go to bed as soon as possible. Besides, the liquidation of the inauguration service will be no problem. I mean it. My papers are all in order, and letter A is already finished. Is the inauguration service being liquidated? Unfortunately. Hugo takes off his paper machine nose and puts it on the desk. What do you mean, unfortunately? Don't you mean fortunately? Well, yes, I mean fortunately. I did say fortunately. Did you really say fortunately? Of course. I wouldn't have said unfortunately, would I? All right. <laughs> I'm going to believe <laughs> that you did say fortunately. We must have a sort of faith in man, wasn't, uh, mustn't we, unfortunately? You mean fortunately, don't you? Yes, of course I mean fortunately. You mean it's unfortunate. I mean nothing of the sort. Now look here. We all know very well that the inauguration service is an outworn vestige of the past. And while it cannot be denied that the era of the struggle, that in the era of the struggle against certain manifestations of bureaucratism in the activity of the liquidation office, the inauguration service has played, thanks to certain inaugurators who by means of a healthy, unconventional, fresh, dynamic approach to man, managed to hew their way even through this unplowed field to many valuable ideas, no doubt... A positive role, nevertheless, there exists a danger of sinking. ...into liberal extremism, which would happen to any who failed to see the positive short-term characteristics from the perspectives of the later developed 
development of the inauguration service. And who failed to see behind their possibly positive intent from the subjective point of view? Their clearly negative impact from their objective point of view caused, caused by, the fact, by the fact that as a result of unhealthy isolation of the whole office, office certain, certain positive elements in the work of the inauguration service were uncritically overrated, and at, and at the same time certain negative elements in the work of the liquidation offices were one-sidedly magnified, which finally resulted in the fact that the era when the new activization of all the positive forces inside the liquidation office placed the liquidation office once more in the forefront of our work as a firm and mighty stronghold of our unity, it was unfortunately precisely the inauguration service which succumbed to the hysterical atmosphere of certain imprudent excesses, insinuating themselves by means of effective arguments taken from the arsenal of abstract humanistic cant, which however in reality did not span the confines of the generally conventionalized types of work, and these cliches are reflected in their typical form, for example, in, in the hackneyed machinery of the pseudo-familiar inaugurational phraseology hiding behind the routine of professional humanism, a profound dilution of opinions which finally and necessarily led the inauguration service into the position of one who undermines the positive endeavor of the liquidation office towards consolidation, and the absolute historical necessity of all this is expressed in the wise act of its liquidation. I couldn't agree more. You keep agreeing, but you do nothing about it. You're going to get a laugh there. Thank you. I couldn't you get a huge you. round of applause. Uh, somehow this chess game, you just have to be careful to relate to each other more. Okay. You know, you're you're hand, handling a ton of words. And with stage directions, everybody, you're going to feel like you're screaming your heads off, but it, it's just big. It's cavernous. So just, everybody has to really send it out here. And with stage directions, can you be aware of sending it straight out to the yeah. audience? That was good. You got it. You've got to have a sense of checkmate <clears throat> at the end of it. Yes, yeah. Okay. Right. Right. <clears throat> so we are. Should there be a pause before I shouldn't before I, sh I couldn't agree more? Or yes, that jump right would, in. That would be. Uh, mm. I think the deafening round of applause may force you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like a slight beat on this because all that bug jumble of words. I, I would say quite a mm. large pause. Okay. And then. I think I do. Well, there are two, there are two schools of thought, Bob. One is yes and one is no. <laughs> I'll play it in a moment. It'll be fine. Um, you keep agreeing, but is that all right? Yeah. You keep agreeing, but you do nothing about it. This way we'll never finish the liquidation. Time is money. Bring me a cup of coffee. Excuse me, but. After all this, I can't imagine what the hell you mean by but. I don't mean but, but I want to say but. So on top of everything, you want to say but? I don't want to say but, but. But perhaps you don't want to say but, but, but you do want to say but, and that's quite enough. You can't butt me up with your butts, you know. Excuse me, but how much sugar do you take? 24 lumps. And do stop messing about. This is no time for tongue twisters. OK, so you definitely, when you say bring me a cup of coffee, <coughs> you got it. That's it. All right. Good. The director backs out in terror. Hugo becomes the master of the situation. He paces importantly up and down the stage, examines everything with an official air, finally opens the basket and begins to throw out of it with disgust the director's clothes. The clerk enters, paper in hand, to continue his work of liquidating. Good evening. Well, let's get down to business, shall we? Les, where's the safe? You ought to know that. You don't work here? Good evening. I came here to work. Well, where do you work? At the liquidation office, how do you do? I'm Joseph Dalazal. You want to work here? I've got to work here. Is the liquidation office being liquidated? Is the liquidation office supposed to be liquidated? How do you do? I'm Hugo Bludak. 
You mean it ought not to be liquidated? I mean no, nothing of the sort. We all know very well that the liquidation office is an outworn vestige of the past. And even though it cannot be denied that in the era of struggle against certain imprudent excesses in the activity of the inauguration service, the liquidation office has played, thanks to certain wise liquidational interventions, an undoubtedly positive role, nevertheless, but sinking into a sentimental hankering after the past. And into bureaucratic conservatism. Awaits him who fails to see that the work of the liquidation office, from the perspective of its later development, when thanks to many imprudent liquidational interventions against many positive elements in the work of the inauguration service. The liquidation office undoubtedly played a negative role, which was the result of the, uh, the activities of some liquidation officers. Who progressively superimposed the, the administrative part of liquidation practice over its social content with the result of the activity of the liquidation office assumed an unhealthy, sterile character since it was thus wrenched from life and drawn into the muddy waters of fossilized bureaucratism, which necessarily opened the door to the irresponsible activity of a small gang of liquidational adventurers who abused the wise endeavor towards the suppression of certain one-sided excesses in the activity of the inauguration service so as demagogically to attack all its positive forces which successfully came through the year of its temporary crisis, and by their new far-reaching activization managed to place the inauguration service again in the forefront of our endeavor towards a re-evaluation of faulty methods and thus imposed on the liquidation office the role of an actual break on our development and thus literally forced our era to perform the bold act of its liquidation. Signed, Hugo Pludek. I couldn't agree more. Signed, Joseph Dalazar. Yeah, you'd better agree. Hugo points at the clothes which have been throwing about a while ago. See this mess? It's their work. The liquidation office is being liquidated, and they just keep liquidating here as if nothing was the matter. Is the liquidation office indeed being liquidated? Just imagine, even now, when they've been earmarked for extinction, they're acting as if the place belonged to them. It makes me sick. I'm going to go there, now. Hugo briskly walks out. The director arrives with a cup of coffee. When he sees the clerk, he halts. Good evening. Good evening. Assistant? Whose? Of the chap who's liquidating here? I beg your pardon. I wouldn't assist those who act as if the place belonged to them, even now when they've long been earmarked for extinction. The director drops the cup. Clearly, it would be rather foolish to liquidate at the very time the liquidation office is being liquidated. <laughs> the absurdity of such behavior was pointed out to me by Hugo Pludic himself. Who's he? I'm sorry, I, I don't know precisely, but it seems to me he's very closely involved with the liquidation of the liquidation office. Who knows, perhaps he's actually in charge of it. The director picks up the cup. Oh, well, I I'd better be going. Don't go away. Do sit down. Let's have a chat, shall we? Now tell me, uh, why did you come here? What for? Well, you know, just like that. Uh, to have a look around, have a little chat. Oh, well, I'd better be going. Oh, don't go away. Do sit down. Let's have a little chat, shall we? Now tell me, why did you come here? What for? Well, you know, just like that. To have a look around, have a little chat. Oh, uh, well, I'd better be going. Don't go away. Do sit down. Let's have a little chat, shall we? Now tell me, why did you come here? What for? Well, you know, just like that. To, to have a look around, little chat. Good gracious! <laughs> <laughs> Why all this fuss? I simply didn't know about it. That's all. Good gracious. Why all this fuss? You simply didn't know about it. I that's simply all. didn't know about it. That's you all. You simply didn't know about it. That's all. Uh, good gracious. Why all this fuss? Gracious. Aren't we friends? What? We're friends, aren't we? <laughs> what did you say? I said we're friends. What do you mean by that? Good gracious, don't you know? Aren't we all sons of one big mother, damn it? That's not the point. The point is I'd better go and liquidate the liquidation office. Uh, bye. See you later. Cheerio. The clerk walks out. The director looks about conspiratorially a few times and then very carefully drags out from his desk a stuffed sack and puts it on top. Hugo enters. The director, alarmed, hides the sack again inside his desk. 
What the hell are you doing? What? Nothing. I'm liquidating. Come, come, old boy. You don't really mean it, do you? You wouldn't want to be liquidating at the very time the liquidation officer is being liquidated. Or rather, you wouldn't want to be liquidating at the very time the liquidation officer is being liquidated. Or was it the first one? <laughs> Keep going. Goodness, you're a grown-up man. You wouldn't want to act like a child now, would you? Or, you, or, you, or are you perhaps trying to make me report on you above? If you insist on digging your own grave in the name of sham heroism, by all means. But in that case, I can't be expected to master myself. It's the liquidation I'm liquidating. The liquidation. Let's hope so. Has Dolezal left? I'm terribly sorry he's left, but I may be able to catch him on the stairs. Shall I run and see if I can catch him? I was on my way to give the chaps a hand with liquidating the liquidation office, and I clean forgot to ask who's actually in charge. You see, I'd like to go straight to the horse's mouth. Blue deck. Which, Hugo? That's the one. Good. <laughs> I'll go and see him right now. I hope you won't start any rumpus in this place. I quite like you, you know, and I'd hate to be forced to send you spinning out of here like a top. Well, be good. Bye. Hugo briskly walks out, then he returns for his paper mache nose, puts it on, and leaves. The director stares after him for a while, and then he puts his tongue out after Hugo. Again, carefully drags out his sack, puts it gently on the desk, and suddenly starts to hit it furiously. <clears throat> the secretary enters. Hitting the sack again? Sorry, I'm sorry. He tries to hide the sack quickly, but the secretary energetically wrenches it from him and throws it in the basket. Aren't you ashamed? You think we aren't tired? But we must all carry on. Was Joseph here? Dolezal? Yes? He left some time ago. Be glad you're not a woman. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to stay a moment, sort of unofficially? You do need some distraction, you know. After all, you two are only human. You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, marches, marches, marches resolutely out. One goes around so long lugging a liquidation basket that one day they just left behind. Oh well, at least I have a place to take a nap. The director climbs into the basket. The secretary enters. When daffodils begin to peer. With hay, the doxy of the dale. The secretary steps into the basket as though it were a river. The lid slowly closes. Scene four. Again, the flat of the Pludek family. Present are Pludek and Mrs. Pludek, both in night clothes. May I ask you a question, Israel? Yeah. Um, he seems, Pludek, in contrast to his son, um, cowardly, bureaucratic, dull, little Polonius-like, spouting those stupid uh, Well, he's, he's... He's not uh, too sharp, this guy, is he? The impression I get him. He's extremely paranoid. He's lived through all kinds of political regimes, so he's... he's scared that they'll be found out for being bourgeois. Now, I don't know. Uh, All right, he seems less assertive than the same All right, yes. Tentative. Tentative. He's a good word. <laughs> you have a pretty good hold on him. <laughs> he wrote it. Let's talk about We saw the first scene. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to end up very proud of his son. Yeah. Thinking his son's <clears throat> arrived somewhere. And it seems like she's and always kind of brushing him off. <clears throat> Yes, and he starts out scared that the kid is going nowhere because he just sits around playing chess. Is this water claimed? Can I drink it? No, you can have it. It's lion water, actually. Okay, let's go. Besides, as far as Japan is concerned, what time is it, actually? Almost six. Did you hear that? I should have been here by now. Hear what? Unless it was a bit delayed. 
Isn't it footsteps? What do you mean, delayed? It's the wind. Besides, as far as Japan is concerned... He might have got drunk at the garden party. You're right, it's only the wind. He drinks nothing but milk. And I bet there was no milk on tap there. Isn't it footsteps, after all? Besides, as far as Japan is concerned... Why shouldn't there be milk on tap? If there are milk bars, why not milk garden parties? Is it really footsteps? I haven't thought of that. No question he got stoned on milk and delayed. Who'd be walking in the pantry at this hour? It's the wind. Was it in the pantry? But I closed the window there last night. Footsteps, after all? I'm going to go there and see. But what did I actually want to say about Japan? He walks off stage and bangs on a door. I repeat, who's there? Who's there? I repeat, open up at once. Open up at once. He backs on stage in terror, followed guiltily by Amanda and Peter, each wearing only a hastily arranged overcoat. Goodness gracious me, is something the matter? There's nothing the matter. Here's a letter. I mean, a telegram. Read it. Dear Albert, I hear that your son Hugo has been put in charge of liquidating the liquidation office. Have you got it, Aunt Darling? We'll push off those balls. Don't bother, love. I'll take the ham and so juice. I should like to take this opportunity to congratulate him on his signal success. You mean you've never been to uh, Nespecky? Carbons? In Hershey's desk. Just wait till you see the woods. Please carry on. We ought to meet one day. Don't forget to take yours, Frank, Calibus, your swimsuit. Did you hear that, Albert? The liquidation of the liquidation office. I heard it, Berta. Jarrus wishes to be a goldsmith, and he became one. Hugo asked himself, and there you are, a signal success. Besides, as far as Japan is concerned. What exactly were you doing in the pantry the whole night? Turning the post. Goodbye. Uh, Amanda and Peter leave in opposite directions. Listen, Bertie. What is it? Hugo is nicely taken care of. Shouldn't we now look out for something for Peter? After all, he too is our child. Oh, we'll find something for him. He might go to work for some paper. Wouldn't they mind him looking like a bourgeois intellectual? If only he could stop wearing those glasses. They haven't got a single intellectual among them, so they're bound to think better a bourgeois one than none at all. At least he knows which way is up. Somebody ring? No. Doorbell ring. It's Hugo! At last! Hugo enters, still wearing his gay paper mache nose. I was sure our darling little Hugo would get ahead. Well done, you rascal. What about giving him something good to eat? Now, what would he like? A nice little glass of milk, perhaps? Nice little cup of coffee, I'd say. The poor bugger's been up the whole night. Well, he may have got no sleep, but he got ahead. Who knows? He might not feel like talking to us now that he has this important position, <laughs> Albert. He has a friendly word for everyone, even for the simplest folk. As a matter of fact, I'm counting on it myself. I've come here to have a little chat with him and see if perhaps I might not give him a hand with this or the other. What about that nice cup of coffee? Uh, well, yes, of course, as soon as our darling little Hugo arrives. Uh, he's not home yet? He was probably delayed by that liquidation. Liquidating a liquidation office is no easy matter, you know. Your Hugo is liquidating at the very time the liquidation office is being liquidated? Uh, that's not what my wife meant. She just meant to say that Hugo shouldn't be doing this liquidation. And who'd liquidate the liquidation office? Our Hugo. You mean your Hugo would be liquidating at the very time the liquidation office is being liquidated? Uh, that's not what my husband meant. He just meant to say that Hugo shouldn't be doing the liquidation. And who'd liquidate the liquidation office? Our Hugo. Precisely. Why should our Hugo be liquidating at the very time the liquidation office was being liquidated? And who'd liquidate the liquidation office? Our Hugo. Well, why should our Hugo be liquidating at the very time the liquidation office is being liquidated? And who'd liquidate the liquidation office? Our Hugo. Why not? <laughs> Provided nobody hears about it. Well, these things can't be kept quiet. Hugo shouldn't have accepted that liquidation. Well, maybe 
he hadn't accepted it, the liquidation office would have, wouldn't have been liquidated and liquidation would go on. And then why should you go be the only one who isn't liquidating? It's good he didn't turn it down. Because he didn't, the liquidation office will be liquidated. Liquidation will stop and it will be only Hugo who keep on liquidating. It's bound to get him into trouble sooner or later. He should, he should have turned it down. On the contrary, he should have not accepted it. On the contrary, he should not have turned it down. Shouldn't he have at the same time accepted it and not turned it down? Rather, turned it down and not accepted it. Well, in that case, rather not accepted it, not turned it down, accepted it, and turned it down. And what if he'd at the same time turned it down, not accepted it, not turned it down, and accepted it? Hard to say. What do you think? Me? Well, I'd say he should have not, uh, let's see. Uh, well, I'd say he should have not accepted it, not turned it down, accepted it, and turned it down, and at the same time turned it down, not accepted it, not turned it down, and accepted it. Or the other way around. Anybody ring? No. Just then, the doorbell rings. It's Hugo! At last. Amanda and Peter enter from opposite directions. Dear Albert, I have just heard that the inauguration service is being liquidated and that the responsible task of conducting this important liquidation has also been entrusted to your Hugo. Have you bought it, Anne? What could God have been afraid on the way back? No, much later. <clears throat> Convey to him, please, my sincerest congratulations upon his great set, success. That's why, dear, that's precisely why. And what about me? She won't give me a divorce. We must meet soon, Albert, and have a good chat. Try and understand, I've got children. Do you remember what we did when we were boys? Careful, Hersh's coming. Yours, Francis. Did you hear that, hey, Albert? Hang on one second, Stephanie. I don't have a clue. I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I'll be lying to you. So, <clears throat> just slow it down and make sure it's a different voice in a different place and oh. separate it. During the first one, I thought, well, maybe she's Anne. But she's not. But she's not. You know, and, he's, and, no, she, and, and she's saying, you're in trouble. You're going to have to get out of here, get some food. You're going to move on. Have you ever been here? Have you ever been there? So whoever Anne is, that's what Isn't it just the, the secretary writing down everything the boss is saying? Yeah, she's like such a bimbo. She's, not, she... she's not filtering out their, their affair correspondence. That, yeah. that would be a good thing. And so he's groping her the whole time he's... Uh, but she's, she's writing I down all of it instead of just what's supposed to be in the telegram. In Finnegan's Wake, there's a little moment where uh, <laughs> he <laughs> says, come in. And Beckett was transcribing Joyce, and Joyce said, come in to the, to the girl with the T. And Beckett wrote it down, and Joyce said, leave it in. And that's a, that's a true mm -hmm. fact. So that's good. That would be a very clever one. I think that's good. Because it makes sense as you... As that you, makes sense. Good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to give you half of my salary. <laughs> I give you half of mine. In fact, I give you all of yourself. You're too kind. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go back and do it again. Where, where? Oh, it hurts. Page forty-seven, top of forty-seven. Just then, the doorbell rings. Hugo. Oh, I'm sorry. At last. Amanda and Peter enter from opposite directions. Dear Albert, I have just heard that the inauguration service is being liquidated and that the responsible task of conducting this important liquidation has also been entrusted to your Hugo. Have you got it, Anne? What? Good God. A bit of rain on the way back. No, much later. Convey to him, please, my sincerest congratulations upon his great success. That's why, dear, that's precisely why. And what about me? She won't give me a divorce. Uh, we must meet soon, Albert, and have a good chat. Try and understand. I've got children. Do you remember what we did when we were boys? Careful. Hirsch is coming. 
Yours, Francis. So, uh, am I Albert? Should we change Anne to Amanda? If we're gonna, it's so confusing. But I. No, but I'm reading. I'm not Anne. I'm reading this telegram. And, Somebody and you else. have overheard him saying that. No, this is all what's written down in the telegram by, this is what you were saying, right? Am I understanding? What, yeah. This is all what's written by. By Anne, the secretary. The secretary. Anne. And I'm just reading oh, it. Oh, of course. Of course, course you're not the secretary. Right. Got it. Okay. And she's yeah. not her Sorry, she's not there on her secretarial yeah. skills. She's great. <laughs> So then Amanda would have some Amanda would have some reaction. Amanda would have some reaction to the strangeness of that's all. Good. <clears throat> Did you hear that, Albert? The liquidation of the liquid oh, okay. of the inauguration service. Did you hear that, Albert? The liquidation of the <clears throat> inauguration service. I heard it, Berta. What was it, Jaris used to say? Life is a blank page. Hugo knew what to write on it, and there you are, great success. Besides, as far as Japan is concerned. Have you been sorting posts the whole night in the dark? The bulb broke. The bulb, if you don't marry Peter now. Well, we won't <coughs> get married. Oh, my poor girl, Peter is a bourgeois intellectual. Peter is going to study microbiology. Goodbye. Amanda and Peter leave in opposite directions. Listen, Bertie. What is it? Did you hear that? So your Hugo is liquidating not only the liquidation office, but the inauguration service as well. And he's right. Both institutions ought to be liquidated as soon as possible, because both are outworn vestiges of the past. You do agree, don't you? Well, we all... Please try and understand. My husband didn't mean to say that. On the contrary, they shouldn't both be preserved if this turned out to be a matter of good tactics. Well, we all... Oh, that's me. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we all... Uh, please try and understand. My wife didn't mean to say that the inauguration service shouldn't be liquidated and the liquidation office preserved or the liquidation office liquidated and the inauguration service preserved if this turned out to be a matter of good strategy. Well, we all... Oh, no, please try and understand. My husband didn't mean to say that both institutions shouldn't be in good measure preserved. And at the same time, both in good measure liquidated. Or the other way around. If this turned out to be... Good a... strategical... Tact. Well, we all... Well, what? Oh, well, uh, please try and understand. We all are only sort of searching in these tempestuous times for our particular standpoint. Uh, did somebody ring? No. Just then the doorbell ring. It's Hugo! At last! Amanda and Peter enter from opposite directions. <clears throat> My very dearest Albert, you cannot imagine how very pleasantly I was surprised by the news that your Hugo, only yesterday we had a full drawer of car carbons. I didn't eat them. What? You'd be wanting a mink coat next. Carry on, will you? <laughs> was assigned the extremely honorable and important task of constructing on the ruins of the former liquidation office and the former inaugural service a great new institution, a central commission for inauguration and liquidation. I can't stand a woman crying. All right, all right. Give him, please, my fervent brotherly greetings on the occasion of his outstanding success. Oh, come off it. I don't believe it. And if you are, you must get rid of it. That's all. <laughs> I am missing you most terribly, and I cannot wait to see you again. I won't be blackmailed by you, you know. Your old liar, faithful, poor, crank, silly goose. Did you hear that, Albert? The construction of a central commission for inauguration and liquidation. I heard it, Bertha. Jarris always thought of his future. He studied and studied and studied. Hugo thought of his, and there you are, an outstanding success. Besides, as far as Japan is concerned... Peter and microbiology. Nonsense. 
A member of the middle classes won't waste his time on such piddling matters. Peter and I are in love with each other. He's moving out of here and coming to live with me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Amanda and Peter leave together, theatrically holding hands. Listen, Bertie. What is it? Did you hear the way he shouted at us? Berta, I can't help feeling that we've just lost a son. But I can't help adding that it's no great loss since our future daughter-in-law is the child of a caretaker. But a caretaker is really the working class, isn't it? Not all that much. But let's face it, he knows a lot about the working class. Amanda and microbiology were stronger than us, so now Hugo remains the only real hope of the family. What did you want to say about Japan? Listen, who are you, in fact? Okay, so just uh, quickly, there's some, there's some value in having the working class in the family because you won't be bourgeois and that will keep you out of trouble. And it seems that once your son has been elevated to some kind of high position in government, he's dehumanized, he's no longer your son, he's now that, yes? Yes, we don't recognize him. Mm -hmm. We go in and, and out. And, and he's changed. And, and he, you. Home and so the son that's lost is Peter. Not, yeah, okay. Let's go back just a line to Amanda microbiology were stronger than us. Amanda and microbiology were stronger than us, so now Hugo remains the only real hope of the family. What did you actually want to say about Japan? Listen, who are you in fact? Me? I mean, who I am? Now look here, I don't like this one-sided way of putting questions. I really don't. You think you can ask in this simplified way? No matter how one answer, no matter how one answers this sort of question, one can never encompass the whole truth, but only one of its many limited parts. What a rich thing is man, how complicated, changeable, and multi-form. There's no word, no sentence, no book, nothing that could describe and contain him in his whole extent. In man, there's nothing permanent, eternal, absolute. Man is a continuous change, a change with a proud ring to it, of course. Today, the time of static and unchangeable categories has passed. The time when A was only A and B was only B is gone. Today, we all know very well that A may be often B as well as A, and that B may just as well be A, that B may be B, but equally it may be A and C, just as C may be not only C, but also A, B, and D. In certain circumstances, even F may become Q, Y, and perhaps also H. I'm sure you yourselves must feel that what you feel today you've not felt yesterday, and what you felt yesterday you don't feel today, but might perhaps again feel tomorrow, while what you might feel the day after, after tomorrow you may never have felt before. Do you feel that? And it's not hard to see that those who today understand only today are merely another version of those who yesterday understand only yesterday. While, as we all know, it's necessary today somehow to try and understand also that, hmm, well, it's necessary today somehow to try and understand also that which was yesterday. Because who knows, it may come back again tomorrow. Truth is just as complicated and multiform as everything else in the world. The magnet, the telephone, impressionism, uh, the magnet. And we are all a little bit what we were yesterday and a little bit what we are today, and also a little bit we're not these things. Anyway, we are all a little bit all the time, and all the time we are not a little bit. Some of us are more, and some of us are more not. Some only are, some are only, and some only are not. So that none of us entirely is, and at the same time, each one of us is not entirely. And the point is, just when it is better to be more and to not be less, and when, on the contrary, it's better, less, better to be less and more not to be, Besides, he who is too much may soon not be at all, and he who in certain situation is able to a certain extent to not be may in another situation be all the better for that. 
I don't know whether you want more, let's see. I don't know whether you want more to be or not to be, and when you want to be or not to be, but I know I want to be all the time, and that's why all the time I must confess a little bit not be. You see, man, when he is from time to time a little bit not, is not diminished thereby. And if at that moment I am, relatively speaking, rather not, I assure you that soon I might be much more than I've ever been, and then we can have another chat about all these things, but on an entirely different platform. Checkmate. He walks out. Listen, Bertie. What is it? Not bad, he said, was it? It was excellent, and you know why? Why? Because clearly he has in his veins the healthy philosophy of the middle classes. You know, without gumboots, not even cubes can get to Kravitch. Oh, Bohemia, sorry. Uh, first of all, Cubis, would you say? Cubis? K-U-B-E-S, pronunciation? Kubesh, yes, please. Kubesh and Kravovich. And then, rule Bohemia, yeah. Bohemia rules the wave. Bohemians never, never, never. So long as the Japs don't overrun us, when they come, all the hounds of hell will bark. Just then, a hellhound barks inside the cupboard. Bertha, they're here. Falk steps out of the cupboard and comes right down to the footlights. Now, without sort of much ado, go home. End of play. <laughs> you know what? I, if I don't get another one, I don't know. Uh, I'll just leave the end. I'll just have to figure out how to it's kind of music, you know, it's musical. Well, he was 26, 27 years old. It, 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 it reminds me of percussion. Do you want to do the, just your opening scene? Cause I don't want to burden everybody. I, mean, I want to speed through it a little. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. I was on the But now we need somebody to do it. It's a lady on the glass and shawl. So let's just do the opening scene, and then we have to be out here in 15 minutes. So let's Okay. And I guess if you're not in the opening scene and you want to go to the food room, go do that. Oh, okay. Save the assembly. Oh. <laughs> uh, act one, scene one. The flat of the Pludek family. President Art Pludek, Mrs. Pludek, Peter, and Hugo. Hugo is playing both sides of a chess game by himself. He oh. makes a move, goes around the other side of the board, deliberates, makes another move, etc. Dear son, should I? What time is it? Twelve. Already? You must. Dear son, check. Still well, at it. He makes his move, changes side. Oh, okay. Still at it? Yes, Dad. And how goes it? Badly, Dad, badly. Uh, Peter, what about going to the cellar for a while? Do you mind? Peter exits. Calibus will be here any moment. Heaven forbid that he should meet Peter. Everybody says Peter looks like a bourgeois intellectual. Why should you get into trouble because of him? Quite right, Bertha. I'm the grandson of a poor farmhand, damn it. One of six children. I have five proletarian great uncles. Peter is the black sheep of the family. Mm. Blackguard. Dear son, the middle classes are the backbone of the nation, and why? Not even a hag carries hemp seed to the attic alone. Ja is it Jarus or Jarush? I say Jarush. Yeah, probably a sage. Jarush wished to be a goldsmith. Who is he? One of the uh, other sons? I have no idea. Okay. Jarush wished to be a goldsmith, and he became one. Soon you'll be finishing school. Have you asked yourself? No, Dad. Did you hear that, Berta? Never mind, Albert. Did somebody ring? No. Listen, Bertie. Hugo makes a move and changes the side of the chessboard. Well, how goes it? All right, Mom. What is it? What time is it? One. 
He should have been here by now. Unless he's been a bit delayed. What do you mean delayed? Well, he might have met somebody and forgot to watch the time. But who? A chum from the army. But you said he's never been in the army. There you are. He'll surely come. Should I? Let's hope so. You must. Dear son. I'm, I'm talking to him, right? Mm -hmm. Dear son, the middle classes are the backbone of the nation. And why? He who fusses about a mosquito net can never hope to dance with a goat. Jarrus used to say, life is a blank page. You mean to tell me you don't know what to write on it? I don't, Dad. Uh, did you hear that, Bertha? Never mind, Albert. Did somebody ring? Peter entered. No. Dear son. Should I? What time is it? Two. Already? You must. Dear son. Makes, Hugo makes a move. Check. And then he changes sides of the chessboard. Still at it? Yes, Dad. And how goes it? Badly, Dad, badly. Uh, Peter, what about going to the attic for a while? Do you mind? Peter exits. If he was merely an intellectual, well, all right. Intellectuals are sort of tolerated these days, but he keeps on insisting on being bourgeois as well. Pig-headed, that's all. Dear son, not even the hussars of Cologne would go to the woods. Hussars? Hussars? Hussars. Not even the hussars, hussars of Cologne would go to the woods without a clamp. Jarosh thought about his future, and so he studied and studied and studied. Have you thought about yours? No, Dad. How's that? I've studied that. Did you hear that, Bertha? Never mind, Albert. Did somebody ring? No. Uh, listen, Bertie. Hugo makes a move and changes sides of the chessboard. Well, how goes it? All right, Mom. What time is it? Three. He should have been here by now. Well, unless he's been a bit delayed. What do you mean delayed? Well, he might have met somebody and forgot to watch the time. But who? Childhood chum. Well, you know very well he had no childhood. He had no childhood, but he had childhood chums. Am I not his childhood chum? But he couldn't have met you. There you are. He'll surely come. Should I? Let's hope so. You must. Dear son, he who knows where the bumblebee hides, his stinger never rolls up his leggings. When one calls Jarish, Jarish calls back. That's the whole point. The basis of life is the idea you form of life. You think anybody will form it for you? Yes, Dad. Jarish. He makes a move. Check. And Gee. he changes sides of the chessboard. Did you hear that, Bertha? Never mind, Albert. Dear Hugo, without the warp, not even the wolf can be buried. That's why your father has invited for today. Well, go on, ask Father whom he has invited. Whom have you invited, Daddy? My colleague, Calibus. Well, ask Mother, who is my colleague, Calibus? Who is Daddy's colleague, Calibus, Mommy? Your father's schoolmate. Well, go on, ask Father, what did he do with his colleague, Calibus, when they were boys? What did you do with your colleague, Calibus, when you were boys, Daddy? We used to break windows. Of rich farmers. <laughs> yes, and ask Mother, what is my colleague, Calibus, Calibus now? What, what is Daddy's colleague, Calibus, now, Mommy? A deputy chairman. And your father has invited him... For a game of chess with you. And at the same time... To give you advice... in the way of information... How to go about... This or that... You know what I mean, don't you? Not even a hag would go to the woods without a clan. Well, have you ever seen a hussar of Cologne carry hemp seed to the attic alone? Never, Daddy. No. There you are. Did somebody ring? No. Hugo makes a move and changes side to the chessboard. Well, how goes it? All right, Mom. He makes another move. Check. Changes side. How goes it? Badly, Dad. Very badly, in fact. He makes a move and changes side. How goes it? Super, Mom. He makes a move. Check. Sorry. Sorry. He makes a move and changes the other side. Checkmate. You lost? No, I won. You won? No, I lost. Come now. Did you win or did you lose? Lost here and won here. When you win here, you lose here. And when I lose here, I win here. You see, Berta, instead of a total victory one time or a total defeat another, he prefers to win a little and lose a little each time. 
Such a player will always stay in the game. Ah, quite. You can't fry chicken weed without a straw. And why? Whereas all other classes in history kept exchanging the historical positions, the middle classes have come down through history untouched because no other class has ever tried to take their position. And so the middle class has never had anything to exchange with anybody and have thus remained the only really permanent force in history. And that's why, dear son, they cement the fragments of history into one unified whole and create, indeed create history, and make it what it is. Hence, the most important eras are those that have known how to lean on the middle classes and put all ideals into their care, which they then look after as their own before passing them on to the next generation. No era can exist without the middle classes, whereas, on the contrary, the middle classes can exist independently of all eras, and perhaps even without them altogether. I, I hope you don't think one can shoot kites while keeping a stable in Baroon. There you are. And the only country... What time is it? And the only country which doesn't need the middle classes is Japan. What time is it? And the only country which doesn't need the middle classes is Japan, because only in Japan are there enough people... What time is it? And the only country which doesn't need the middle classes is Japan, because only in Japan are there enough people even without the middle classes. Besides, Japan... What time is it? Five. Besides, Japan... What time was he supposed to come? At 12. Besides, Japan... What did I actually want to say about Japan? You probably wanted to say that if we don't realize in time that the historical role of the middle classes, the Japs, who don't need the middle classes, will come, remove them from history, and send them to Japan. At 12? And what if he doesn't come? Quite right, Hugo. Heaven forbid that you should still be about when that terrible day arrives. If he doesn't come, somebody else will. Just then the doorbell ring. Nobody will come, nobody will write, nobody will call. We're alone, alone in the whole world. And there are more and more Japs every day. Can somebody ring? Peter enters. Peter, go and hide in the pantry. Calabas is here. Peter exits. Amanda is enters. Is something the matter? There's nothing the matter. Here's a letter. letter. No, telegram. Well, go on, read it. She opens it and reads it. Dear Albert, Cannot come today. Must go to garden party of liquidation office. Have you got it, Anne, dear? Are you all right? Why? Oh, I see, at half past seven, but you'll be there, won't you? May I go on? Sorry, hoping to see you some other time. Very much, it does something for your figure. Well, why not at the corner where you used to get up? Ah, the voice of nature. Listen, what about a trip to the country this weekend? Greetings, yours. Come on, you're not made of glass, are you? Francis? Calvis. He won't come. We're finished. Nobody cares for us, Berger. Stop being hysterical, Albert. If he doesn't come to Hugo, Hugo will go to him. Where? To the garden party. To the garden party? Hugo! Where's your tie and your jacket? Well, I'd better be going. Well, goodbye. Never mind, love. When I was starting out, I used to get even smaller parts than this. But those were different times, madam. She exits. <clears throat> I hope Hugo is being careful when she's about. You do realize, Albert, she's the daughter of a caretaker. All the more reason for taking care. You do realize, Albert, what kind of times we live in. Quite. Tomorrow Hugo will take her for a walk. That's right. Hugo, get your tie and your jacket and run along to the garden party. I must play the return game. Did you hear that, Berta? I've been feeding a chipmunk, a chipmunk so long that my pipe fell into the rushes. What if Jarish heard that? Oh, to play a return game. When the destiny of man is at stake, the future of a family. Father speaks of the family, and you don't even bother to stand up. Oh, no. The times when they used to stand up are gone. 
Then they were both little, they strolled through the high grass, chased the butterflies, and we were changing their nappies like the apples of our eyes, and we were giving them the backs of our shirts. Never mind, Albert. Hugo, life is actually a sort of a big chessboard. Does that mean anything to you? It does, Mom. Without the warp, you cannot bury the wolf. Where's my tie and my jacket? Ludek and Mrs. Ludek are moved to kiss Hugo. Our darling little dope. Dear son, life is a struggle and you are a dog. Stone walls do not an iron bar. To be or not, aye, there's the rub. Consider the lilies of the valley, they spoil not, neither do they tin. You are my son. He who doesn't know how to wade through the rye must go to Prague for his wits. You're a Pludek. Farewell, or else... Peter arrives. Hugo exits. We're <clears throat> all moved and watch him go. I'll drink to you only with mine eyes, for parting is such sweet sorrow. I could tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, mother, dear mother, one day he will say, Home, oh, sweet home, it's here I shall stay. You'll take the low road, and I'll take the high road. Bertie, what? do you remember that lovely summer just before the war? All the wonderful mad plans we made then. You were going to study, to organize, to direct. Peter, where are you off to again? Can't you stay for a while within the family circle? <laughs> Peter, exit. We must brace ourselves up again, Bertie. You know what I mean. We must soar up from the earth, spread our wings, in short, live. Yes, live, live, live. We shall start a new and a better life. Lentils are lentils, and oats are oats. New life? Why the hell not? Excellent. That's great. The crazy thing is, it starts to make sense. <laughs> you know what? Hearing it is much different than reading oh, it. Oh, reading it, you think, yeah. what oh, is he kidding with this? No, but there was a great moment in our panel yesterday when somebody said, does, does Havel have, you know, a next generation of people who write in his style? And somebody said, well, I think the closest was when I was listening to John Stewart the other night. And he had the president of the United States saying, my job is to do the job which is my job. That's the, what the people want. They want the man who has the job to do the job. And you think, well, that's exactly it. Was it your, your class that uh, read it and studied it? At 1,100 undergraduates have read this play. Oh, wow. And uh, it's a thing called the core curriculum. And, uh, but yesterday there was a conference, which is all part of all this Havel stuff. And then that's when this comment happened. I thought it was brilliant, because of course. Yeah, that's political. Yeah, I mean, in its context, considering he stuck his neck out. Yeah, 63 was pretty nasty over there, I'm sure. But how are they so smart to realize that he was plugging fun at them? They understood that enough, right? Well, there was, because there was no, this was the template. There was, nobody had done it. It was so completely different. And it was in a small theater, so it was discovered slowly. And then he got this agent who got the plays out. And it wasn't because they loved the play. It was because of what was going on politically that uh, everybody who hated the communists started doing the play. 